Jesus. Page 99 in your hymnals. I know I say that about Andrew's song. This is one of my favorites. Listen to the words. The beautiful thing about God is he doesn't leave us alone.
forgive me. But I heard a story many years ago, a fictional story, and it's appropriate for tithes and offering. A dollar bill and a $20 bill met. And they had a conversation. And the dollar bill says, where have you been? He said, man, I've been all over the place. I went to Paris, been all over Europe, just everywhere. And the $20 bill, Brother Harold, asked the dollar bill, where have you been? And he says, church.
My God is awesome. It'll do us well to get the kinks out of our our system this morning. Sometimes it's a little awkward. We come in and we're, we feel, I guess, a little hesitant. But uh, I know one thing that when we when we move and when we humble ourselves before the Lord, and we, as He said, that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. We will experience a beautiful presence of the Lord and Amen. And when that happens, God can move freely. And that's why we need to do what we can do to even get ourselves to to come out of our comfort zones and lift up the Lord and give him all the glory that is due to his holy name. I'm very Amen. Uh, happy and blessed this morning, and, and um, praise God. We've been having a wonderful, wonderful time of fellowship with Brother Javier and, and Brother Skinner and Sister Skinner. It's good to have them with us, and uh, amen. And then this afternoon, Brother Javier will be ministering to us. But I, uh, I'll have uh, Brother Skinner come up and greet us this afternoon before Brother Javier ministers. It's good to see him. I'm glad they were able to make the trip and be with us. He's been, he's been talking a lot about, uh, you know, uh, our fellowship up here, and, and I'm glad he's actually been able to come and to, to join us. And of course, uh, uh, we want to do great things for God, and uh, we want to do what we can to reach out for souls. It's all about Amen. Bringing in all those who are out there and lost in sin in the world. And so we've been, you know, a lot of things we've been discussing, talking about. And of course, he's had a lot of questions, and I hope I've been able to answer them. <laughs> so he can get us to know, get to know us a little bit better than, you know, we, we, we met him. And that's, that's got to be back on just a day and I came into the church back in the 80s. And uh, the church there in, in, in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, Brother Burgess there. A lot of people that we were became acquainted with, and there's so many of them. And uh, it's good to see them. It's good to, to have them here with us. As well as my pastor, Brother Javier. I'm glad uh, he's here with us. And it's always a treat to have him come. Not just, you know, uh, I, I love his ministry, but uh, just being uh, in company with him. You know, he, he doesn't know how much he ministers to me when he's here. Like I said, he always keeps me on my toes, and which is good when somebody can keep you on your toes. And uh, Brother, Brother Gerritsen always used to tell us, you know, our fellowship should be a test of faith. And that's the way it should be with brethren. It should be a test of faith. And it's good that, you know, when you're not to the place where you should be, sometimes where our faith is, somebody comes along and they give you that boost, to give you that shot and, and you're, you're lifted up again and that's what that's what I love about fellowship especially with, with our with our brethren and it just seems always seems to be something that uh, blesses me so they don't know how much they really help me when they come I feel I feel rejuvenated I feel lifted up and of course you know we just like to enjoy uh, the company and all that so um, I'm thankful that they're here with us and uh, Brother Skinner asked us this morning, 
uh, what time we would have him, we would want him to leave. And I said, I said, brother, you, you can stay as long as you want. You know, you're not, you know, we, we make room and if we have to adjust our schedule, we'll adjust it. I always do that when Brother Harbier comes. And, and I'm certainly thankful for that. So we'll be hearing from both of those brethren this afternoon and I thank God and we are having Sunday school this morning so the the younger class can be dismissed. <laughs> And the adult class remains in here. It's good. It's good. Amen. I appreciate the Lord. If, if I could somehow relate to you what I what the Lord has laid on my heart, I hope, I hope I can do a good job this morning. I hope I can do a good job. But there's some things that have been uh, brought to me and laid upon me, and I just thought to myself, hey, "Amen. This is this is amazing." Of course, like the Bible says, all the word of God is all the word of God is it's all given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine and all this correction, reproof, you name it. It's all given to us for that purpose, and it's good when we can uh, come. And we can hear the word of God, and we can not just hear, but submit ourselves to it, be doers of the word, and to be able to to comprehend, to be able to comprehend. I think that's everybody's struggle to comprehend. Sometimes we have to really do what we can to align ourselves up with it. When I say that, I mean. Sometimes it, it may be a little bit difficult for us to come to an understanding. And sometimes we may have to go back and reacquaint ourselves. We have to do that. I, I'm that kind of person. I love to read, but sometimes I don't get it all in the first reading. So I have to go back and I have to read it again. And sometimes I'll even go on a word search, if you know what I mean. If there's a certain word that stands out to me, I'll go back and I'll, I'll do some digging so I can be able to somehow get, you know, some understanding so I can comprehend. That's really important to comprehend. And um, a lot of times when we, when we allow ourselves to do that, when we do that, that digging, when we, when we search like that, we're, we're going to be surprised what we come up with and how God is able to speak to us and how he's able to give us the understanding. And, and uh, because, like I said, we're unique. We're unique. And you might say, well, why did I say that? Well, because we're still fleshly, but we have a potential to be spiritual. And we struggle with those two. We struggle with those two. And uh, turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of 1 John chapter 3. And you think about it, and, and that's the place that, you know, when we when we... We need to come to the place where we can uh, obviously benefit and prosper in the things of God so that we can grow, so that we can come to a place of growth and maturity. And, and so we see here uh, in, in 1 John chapter 3, 
verse number one, it says, uh, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Man, this, what statement. Now we're the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. That, that's, that's us right now. Now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Does anybody ever have that question in mind? Amen. We're always wondering. We always seem to wonder what it is. It's a mystery, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know how many people have pulled a lot of hair out just because they want to come to an understanding. And we're right there. We wonder what what are we supposed to be, or who are we supposed to be? Anybody ever ask yourself that question? And, and you, you know, I'm not talking about you as far as your personality. I'm talking about who, who you are in the Lord. Of course, we're, we're sons of God. That's what he said. And he said that. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. That we, don't, we don't see the whole picture yet. There's no way we can. I mean, I think some of us would like to go there and look at the ending of it but we can't because guess what there's still we're still a work in progress god is still doing a work in us since the day i received the holy ghost back in the 80s god is still doing the work in me and he's doing the work in all of us so we understand that that's you know so so obviously he's doing something and that's the part of it that we're, we're trying to figure out here it says when he shall appear we shall be like him. Well, that's something. We don't know what, what we're, we're going to, you know, we don't know the end result of our walk with God, but John is saying, when he shall appear, we're going to find out we're going to be like him. Right. All right, Matt. That's right. All right. Oh, man, it's, it's, still, it's still kind of vague, isn't it? Right. It's still kind of vague. It's like, how, how's, what's going to happen? What's going to happen in between the time we receive the Holy Ghost and the time that we see Him? There's a lot of things going to happen. It's going to take place. There's going to be a lot of activity and movement, growth, development, knowledge, wisdom. All that's coming. God's putting it all together. And see, I think that's probably our problem. We don't really comprehend. Okay? So He said, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Okay? And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. If you have that hope in you, you're going to do what you can to keep yourself purified. Amen. To keep yourself sanctified. Now, I was thinking about this this morning, and when the Lord started to, to lay this upon my heart, here's a thought that came to me, and, and the thought is this. The spiritual birth and process. The spiritual birth and process. There's a piece of scripture in the book of 2 Corinthians. You can go there if you want to. 
And, and I know Paul, Paul is speaking to this in, the, in a little bit slightly different context than what I'm going to, how I'm going to use it. But I'm just going to give you an example. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 9, he says, For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. I want you to read that. I want you to just take a really good look at that. That ye through his poverty might be rich. Now that's an interesting statement, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> How do we understand it? How do we perceive it? Well, Jesus said when he was talking to his disciples and all the, the Pharisees and all those religious people, he said, he said, I've come from the Father. I've come from the Father, and here I am. In other words, what he's saying, I've come from heaven, and I've come here to earth. Amen. Amen. I've come where I was before, and here I am right now. I'm just trying to, I'm paraphrasing it so you can understand. I've come from the kingdom of heaven, and here I am. This is, this is what the Lord did. Of course, we know this. God is a spirit. We know that God is a spirit. So what, what happened? God, who is a spirit, who, who was seat and thrown in the kingdom of heaven, came down. He descended into our world, into our economy. So he was rich so that he can become poor. Are you understanding that now? Paul was using it in a different context, but I'm, I'm, I'm just using it to give you an example, okay? He was rich and he became poor. He became a human being. Right. Yeah. All right? So that, and obviously Paul said this. He said that ye, you, through his poverty, might be rich. In other words, God came, he became a human being, he became poor so that he could reach out to you, you and I in preparation. So that we poor can become rich. Okay? If, if, you don't, if, you, if you don't understand that concept, Paul mentions this in the book of uh, uh, Galatians chapter 4. He mentions this. He talks about the weak and the beggarly elements. What was he in, in, in reference to? He was in reference to even the world and everything that's in the world. The weak and the beggarly elements. So everything that exists down here in this economy, obviously, he said it was weak and beggarly. Why? He said, you're all in bondage to it. Yes, sir. So when we walk in that, when we walk in that state of mind and state of being, guess what? We are weak and we are beggarly. Right. Right. Am I making any sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So here it is. Now we... To understand this now, to kind of put it all together, uh, as he said, uh, now are we the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. I'm a son of God. You're a child of God. You're a son or you're a daughter. We become sons of God. Okay? So he's begun a work in us. That's a mystery. That's the mystery, okay? So he's begun to work in us. And if you, if you really look at this and, and, and go with me, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of First 
Corinthians chapter 15. And, and look what the Apostle Paul says here. And to, to get you to, to get a, 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 your mind so you can understand in, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, and right on verse number 45. And this is, this is what it says. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last man, Adam, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Does everybody see that? Okay. I'm going slow. All right. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And after that which is spiritual. The first man, Adam, uh, the first man is of the earth. Earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Okay? As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Are, are you seeing it? Yes, sir. Making a distinction here. Remember I said, the Lord was rich and he came down, he became poor, so that you and I can become rich. Right. Amen. Remember that. So look what he's, he's making the distinction and he's talking about the first man, Adam, was a living soul. The first man was earthy. Mm -hmm. But the second man is the Lord from heaven. And the second man is a quickening spirit. So we see that. So he's, he's making the, the, the he's, he's showing you the, the contrast or the comparison. Amen. That the first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Okay, now, here we go. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Here's the thing. We know what it's like. We're all humans, aren't we? Amen. We, were, we were born. Here, listen to this. The psalmist in Psalms 51, 5, you all probably know this by heart. He said, he said Behold, I was shapen in iniquity. Huh? And in sin did my mother conceive me. So I was shaped in iniquity. We were born into this world in sin. So as a result, guess what? Sin shaped us. Sin made us who we were. Amen. So before we came, before we came to the Lord, guess what? We were all sinners. We were all, our behavior was all a product of sin. All the things that we did. I mean, there's a whole list of them. You can read, amen, Galatians chapter 5, verse number 17. You can read 17 characteristics of the flesh. And each and every one of us probably can identify with all 17 characteristics. But see, that's who we were before we came to know the Lord. That's the way we lived. That's the way we walked. That's the way we talked. Amen. 
That's the way we thought. Yes. Our minds are so engulfed by that. And then here comes the gospel. All right. Amen. You, you think about that. It's amazing. Now, now pay attention. Go with me to John chapter 3. Just to help you understand. And, and like I said, the Lord is the one that laid this on my heart this morning. And he got me up early this morning, so I had to get up early. Earlier than I usually get up. He woke me up and, amen. So I said, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm listening. There was a man, verse number one, of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that art, art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So there was Jesus' answer to Nicodemus' statement. And then, so Nicodemus says in verse number four, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? <laughs> can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Is a question. The Lord said, You must be born. And you, you, verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again. Except he be born again. So here's the, here's the answer back to Nicodemus. How can a man be born again? Can he enter? Does he have to enter into his womb, mother's womb, a second time so he can be born? The human mind just seems to misunderstand God's word. There's just no way we can comprehend and wrap our minds about it. And Jesus is talking to him about, about truth here. What it is to be a child of God. He says, uh, you must be born again. Are you listening to me? You must be born again. We all know that, don't we? We must be born. So here's Jesus. And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now look what he says. Look what he says. He says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. So here we see, and here's something amazing. Never realize this. But if we want to be technical, we can be technical. Because the word of God is the word of God. My understanding of this is somebody who is born again. What Jesus is talking about. Somebody that is born again. If you are not born again according to the scripture. Yeah, you won't be able to see the kingdom of heaven. And you won't be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So if you're not born again, you cannot see. And of course, in, the, in that word is, is this. In the definition of see, it's not just casting your eyes upon it, but it's understanding that comes to you. And then entering into it, guess what? Paul says that we enter into the kingdom of God. An entrance is given to us to enter into the kingdom of God. How? By the Holy Ghost that is given to us. 
So in order for us to enter into that realm of the kingdom of heaven, we need to be born again. All right. You need to experience, amen, the influence of the Holy Ghost, as he yeah. said. Yeah. Amen. Uh, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, you can't see the Spirit, but you can hear the Spirit. All yeah. right. So we enter in. That's 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 the beginning of our Amen. Walk with God. Listen to this. So that which is born of the flesh is flesh. We know what it's like to be born in the flesh, don't we? Okay? And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So in other words, guess what? We have been born again. So obviously God has done a work in us so we can become or we are the sons of God and we can enter into the kingdom of heaven but see that's the part right there that you and I seem to amen it's difficult for us to understand it's difficult for us to understand so you think about this when we obey the word of God and we are led of the spirit all we have to do when we do that guess what he will lead us to that place amen in the word and in the spirit where we will begin to understand and we will begin to grow and we will begin to develop remember what I said remember what I said amen that as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. We were, we, we, we have some good discussions because a lot of times we want to make sure, hey, uh, we're doing things right and we're in the book and we understand what's, what's, what's in the book. And you think about it, and I was, I was telling Brother Javier because we were talking about certain, certain things that we see all over and, and, and you know, the way people are living for God. And, and I said, you know what? When I first received the Holy Ghost, of course, if anybody's seen a picture of me for, before I was saved, I had long hair, I had a mustache. <laughs> and after I received the Holy Ghost, I always remember that. And, and coming back from service that morning, and man, I tell you what, I was overwhelmed with what I experienced. I thought to myself, man, God is so real. I didn't know he was that real. But you know what I did? I looked in the mirror, and I was looking at myself. And, and before, when I looked in the mirror, I never noticed anything significant. I just, and, and probably in my mind, I said, you're a good looking guy. That's human nature. Human nature. We don't see, we only see what's on the surface. We never see what's deep inside. And so after I was filled with the Holy Ghost, I looked in the mirror, I looked at myself and I said, man, yeah. <laughs> Something's not right here. Yes, sir. So guess what I did? I realized what it was. Guess what I did? I shaved my mustache off and I cut my hair. You know why? Because that made me feel clean. Now here's 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 the thing. Nobody. I never. I didn't know the word. I didn't, I, I didn't know anything as far as the word. I was just feeling what the Holy Ghost was, was 
Amen. How the Holy Ghost was ministering to me. And I thought to myself, Amen. I just received the Holy Ghost. You know, guess what? I feel like I need to make some changes. Nobody told me. I need to make some changes. So guess what? First thing I seen, I seen that. And to me, I thought, I felt unclean. And so I had to take that step. Nobody told me to do that, but I got a haircut. I shaved my mustache. And guess what? I felt better. Why? Because the Holy Ghost was the one that brought me to that conviction. I, and I'm not going to do that this morning, but I'm just going to say this. A lot of people have a lot of opinions about personal appearance and holiness standards in the churches. And, and over the years, I've always wondered why churches always differ in what they believe. But you know what? The Lord gave me some understanding about it. One of these times I'll share it with you. But what, what, what we think about as far as the way we are with ourselves and our body. And even everything about us, our mind, our spirit, our heart, everything. What we do and what the Holy Ghost does in us, how he quickens us. And because of that experience of quickening us, making us alive, guess what? Something happens, something takes place where that change begins to, amen, occur in us. And slowly we change. And we think it, and people like to look at us and say, oh, man, you guys are, are nothing but a bunch of crazy people. Look at look at godly people. I'm gonna say it. Godly people. Yeah. There are godly people. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at godly people, you look at them, and, and and the world will say this, man. You guys are you guys are strange. Yeah. Your appearance is strange. Your behavior is strange. Your speech is strange. Why is it? It's not because of ourselves. We haven't done this to ourselves. Obviously, the Lord is working in us. He's doing the work in us where he's bringing that change. But, but they can't explain that. But let me tell you something. Even we ourselves, when something like that happens, we go, man, what's going on? What's going on? And if you would follow, if you would follow his lead. Yes, sir. Okay. So you, so you think about that. You think about that. That that we're, we're a work in progress. Remember what we're talking about, spiritual birth and process. Yes, so the spirit begins to work in us, and so those changes are happening. Uh, therefore, if any man come to Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Amen. So that change begins. The work of the Holy Ghost in us begins. So what happens? Amen. Certain things begin to change. Here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Before we all used to have some kind of concept or opinion about life and the way we lived and the principles that we lived by. And we, we did that, didn't we? Yeah. We lived according to what we knew. And guess what? We Even the way, even our appearance, everything we do, our mannerism, all, all that seemed to follow everything that we that we believed. And we, we said, this is, this is who I am. But now God is coming into our lives. Now God is doing the works and everything's changing. Things are happening. But we fail to see this. God is the one that's doing the work. Now are we the sons of God. Huh? Now are we the sons of God. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. 
And now we, the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. We don't, you know, we say to ourselves, man. Woo, think about this now. If we can get past, if we can get past this certain level or stage in our walk with God, and we can be able to go on and move on from there, because some of us are still back here. Let me, let me say this for, the boys, for those of you that don't have the Holy Ghost yet. You will never understand, you will never get to that place in the Lord until you get the Holy Ghost. Until the Holy Ghost begins to work. And you can you can do your best, you can make the efforts you can, but guess what? You need the Holy Ghost. You need to obey and let the Lord fill you with the Holy Ghost. That way your spiritual life can begin. Otherwise, guess what? You're just trying to do your best ability to live for God without the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? People fail doing that. Yeah. Okay? So this is kind of stick with me here. So, so you think about this. Now, now go with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Just to explain it. Just to break it down and explain it. Because I, obviously there are some, uh, how could I say, questions. And there are some issues that certain people have concerning this. Now look what he says. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ. Let us go on unto perfection. Now let me stop right there. Let us go on unto perfection. Don't misunderstand or misinterpret that word. Because we like to look at it differently. Perfection. Uh, when you think about the word perfection, you think about it in this sense. No mistakes. People are trying to live like that. While you're trying to live like that, that's, a, that's the first mistake you're yeah. making. But in order for us to come to that place, as he said, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. That word means maturity. Yes. To be able to grow. To be able to develop. To be able to acquire knowledge. Understanding. Wisdom. Okay? The wisdom that God wants to give us. Amen. And so that's that's his will so that we can grow, that we can develop. Amen. Like I said, we don't know what we are supposed to be. And the only reason why I, I believe that the, the Apostle John said this was, was said that was because this. We cannot quench the, the work of the Holy Ghost in us. Quench not the spirit. Because if we quench the spirit, we're going to quench our growth. Yeah. We're going to quench our development. We're going to quench our knowledge, our wisdom. To be able to grow and to come to that place of maturity. How can we do that if we quench the spirit? We can't do that. And it's so easy for us to quench the spirit of God, isn't it? Uh, you know, I'm a pastor, so I'm a, I, want to, I like to say this. We should turn that around. 
We yeah. should not quench the spirit. We should quench our own spirit. Yeah. Yeah. We should quench our, amen, our, our, our human desires. That's what we need to quench. Because if we don't, guess what? We'll never come to that place of comprehension and growth. So, so you think about that. So, so look what he says. He says this in verse number nine. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. Woo. Now, I don't know all things. I'm not telling you that. But to be able to grow and develop in God, in the Lord, is something to be able to come to that place of knowing what it's like. How many of you, and be honest with me this morning, how many of you are confident in the Lord? No, no, anybody that's good. Hey, if you, you notice I didn't say, how many of you are confident in yourselves? How many of you are confident in the Lord? Your relationship with God. You're confident. That's good, because guess what? Why do some of you don't feel confident? Right, right. See, that's the, that's the part that John was talking about. We do not know what we shall be. We kind of like, hmm. God is working in us. Do you believe that? God is working in you. He's doing the work. So for, for us to grow, and hold on now, I'm, I'm doing this. I, I, I'm trying to eliminate all the things that hinder our thinking so we can come to a better understanding. So can, we can realize, amen, the, the importance of maturity. I would that you would prosper even as your soul prospers. So we understand that we can get to that place where we can, in our development, in our spiritual development, we can, as Paul said, amen, we can increase and abound. We can grow. Okay? So just hold on to your seats now. Because there's a way, there's a way that we can deal with this. Would anybody like to find out how we can deal with this? How we can grow? There's a way we can, but you know what? It, 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 it's going to cost. Uh, I like it. I like what Paul said about this in, in Romans chapter 8 and if you want to go there you can I'm just going to touch it just for a second here in Romans chapter 8 verse number 3 he said for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh it was weak through the flesh so that's why you need the Holy Ghost God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. So do you see that? Yeah. Uh, I have a Greek Bible. I have a, a, a diagram. The Greek Bible. I like what the Greek says. God sending the son of himself. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He, like I said, he became flesh. He was rich and he became what? Poor. He became a human being. Yeah. 
So he, by his poverty, we all can become rich. Yes, sir. So that we can obviously come to a place of knowing what it is to receive the spiritual inheritance that he's given us so that we can grow, we can mature, so that we can become rich in the spiritual things. In our spiritual inheritance. So he came down, he came down here to condemn sin in the flesh. Huh? That's why he was nailed to that cross. How many believe that he was nailed to that cross for, for you? That was a personal thing. He was nailed to that cross for you and I. He wanted to deal with the sin question in our lives. And see, here, here's, it's coming to that point right now because... Because here's the, here's the thing about us. We're unique. I said that. We're unique in, in that we're still humans. We're still, uh, amen, mortal beings. And so we struggle with that. Every day we get up, we struggle. We struggle with our flesh. We struggle with living in this thing. You know why? Because this thing wants to take us the opposite direction. This thing wants to be contrary to God. So here it is. We battle with it. We struggle with it. We fight it every day. And if you really love God, guess what? You're going to overcome your flesh. You're going to overcome your self-will. And, and Peter said that in 1 Peter 4, verses, verses 1 and 2. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So everyone is wonder why it is that when you get to that point where you know that you're you know you're not doing you're not falling into sin you're doing your best to live for God you ever wonder why that is that right away you begin to suffer in the flesh you know I, I, this is this is what I say you know what you're going to your flesh is pouting because it can't go out there, it can't drink, it can't smoke, it can't lie, it can't chew, it can't fornicate, it can't do all that. So your flesh likes to throw tantrums. Huh? Hey, we all, you know what? Uh, I'm an addictions counselor. In treatment, people that come in for treatment, and of course they, they, they're, get, they're there for a little time. People that just have been incarcerated, they come from jail, and guess what? When they threw them in jail, they were high, they were intoxicated, they were under the influence of drugs. So they bring them from the jailhouse to the treatment center. Give them about two weeks and pretty soon. They're having withdrawals. And, and they experience uh, uh, DTs. Why? Because their body wants that drug. So it's throwing a fit and it wants that drug. So, that, so they panic. And every time you see all those clients begin to panic and they don't know what to do. Well, I tell them, say, hey, hold on. You can get through this. Don't pay attention to what your body's trying to tell you. See, that's the thing that you and I have to do is don't pay attention to what your body tries to tell you when it tries to overpower your spirit. Because that's our problem. We want to ask a lot of deep questions, and all it is is this. Don't let your flesh have its way. So arm yourselves. Likewise, with the same mind, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Oh, man, I tell you what. Woo, when the flesh likes to pout. <laughs> Throw those tantrums. He said that he no longer should live the rest of his life, uh, time in the flesh, 
to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Right. Wow. 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 Okay, listen to this. This is, this is where we have a, a kink in our brain. <laughs> Remember, I'm just teaching this morning. I'm just teaching. We're slowing it down a little bit. But I'm just teaching. So how do we deal with that? How do we deal with that part of us? That we always struggle with every day. Hallelujah. How do we deal with that? How do we overcome? You know what? Let me say something this morning. I want you to listen. You can't overcome. We all can overcome. That's up to you. Whether you choose to or not. But this is, this is what Jesus said. He said this in Matthew 10. Right, right on verse number 38. He said, He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Okay. He that taketh not up his cross and followeth after me is not worthy. So if you don't pick up your cross, remember, he was crucified for our sins. I always remember this back in the, back in the, <coughs> uh, that had to be maybe the 90s when we lived in Wagner. We had to go to, I think it was Tyndall for something. Tyndall or Avon. And we were coming east out of, on, on Highway uh, 46, or no, 50. And as we were coming, there was this, we, we met this, uh, how would I say, a procession. And there was a guy that was carrying a cross, and he was walking down the road carrying this cross, and he had a little, uh, some people behind him that were following him. We seen that go by, and I said, hmm, that's pretty interesting. So anyway, we, went, we, we, we got our business done. We were, we were a few hours, and then we were heading back. And by the time we got into Wagner, there was a, there was a meeting there at the, at the park in Wagner, and there was a, a, a group, you know, a whole group of people there. So I said, wow, what's going on there? And, and <clears throat> so we were curious, and, and we went back over to see what was going on. Here was this guy that was carrying this cross around. He was impaling that cross. There he was. There he was. And a group of people, and, they, and they, I didn't realize this, it was a, some kind of ecumenical movement that you know, was doing this. And so we just wanted to just check it out. And, and I was looking at that cross, and that was a good-sized cross. I mean, they had it standing up, and it was a good size. And so when I began to ask about it and what they were doing, they were raising money for something anyway. And this guy was doing it. He was bearing his, this cross. And he said, when I was talking to him, he said, this cross is pretty close to the, 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 the weight and the size of the, the Roman the crosses that the Romans used to, wear, to, to use. He said, the only thing about it is there's a pair of little wheels at the end of it so it can make it easy for you to, to, to you know, right. take it with you and travel along the road. He said, that's the only thing. He said, but I want you to go over there and pick up that cross. I said, so I said okay. So I went over there to pick up that cross. When I picked up that cross, guess what? Boom. I thought, wow, it's not as easy as it seems. It's not as easy as it And he, he made it easy himself so he could so he could roll along with those two little wheels on it. But that thing was 
had a lot of a lot of weight on it. Can you imagine carrying that cross the way Jesus carried it? And I began to think that right away. Man, this is what the if that's an idea of what the Lord had to carry. Maybe it was even heavier. We don't know. But if he had to carry that, can you imagine what he felt? Especially that was after he was scorched and lost a lot of blood and all that. And he was barely hanging in there. And, that, and he carried that cross. He carried it for you and I. So I thought about that. I said, man, if my Lord went through that, how come I can't do the same thing for myself? So when he said, he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worth. Let me tell you something. That is a principle. We don't literally have to impale or, or carry the cross. We don't have to do that. We don't literally have to impale ourselves. It's a principle. It's a principle that we deal with our human nature and the sin that tries to rise up within us. So if you don't pick up your cross, you know why it is we struggle? Because we fail to pick up our cross. He that taketh not up his cross and falleth after me is not worthy of me. In the other scripture, he says, he says, and deny himself. That's the, that's the problem with human nature. Self-denial. We just, we get to that point and, and, and it's like this. There's always an extent we like to go to. There's always an extent. We'll go that far, but when things kind of get a little bit too severe for us, we get out of our comfort zone. That's where we're going to stop. Come on. We won't go any further. That's human nature. I'm telling you, that's that's from the point of view of psychology. So if human nature is like that, we know that's how we are. So the Lord said, I'm going to make a way that my people can deal with this. They can deal with this, this struggle they have because guess what? We're still in the flesh, aren't we? And so what do we do? He said, if you don't pick up your cross... He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Amen. It's not worthy of me. If we don't know, if we don't deal with the sin and the human, you know, our human nature, if we don't, God made a way for us. That's a remedy. That's a remedy. So he says this. Now, I'm saying that because we need, if we deal with it, if we deal with it, if we follow that principle of picking up our crosses, if we follow that principle. So he says, he that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Okay, now pay attention. Pay attention. I, I, I read to you earlier in the, in the scripture about how the first man was of the earth, earthy. But the second man is the Lord from heaven. Now look at this. 
we can see the contrast. The two different places that these individuals abide. The first man was the, of the earth, earthy. The second man was the Lord from heaven. Of course, we know that. Praise God. So we see that. But Jesus was talking about this when he was talking about this principle of carrying our cross. He said, he that findeth his life. And he's referring to you and I. Right. When we find our life. Right. He's talking about the lower life. Right. The, the worldly life. The earthly life. The carnal life. He that findeth his life. This life is going to lose right. the higher life. Right. Amen. Okay? And so he says, and he that loseth his life, the lower life, for my sake shall find it, the higher life. Can, can you, you, you can see that? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So in order for us to be able to, to comprehend and to bring ourselves to that place of being able to grow it's something. It's something. Uh, turn with me to the book of. Uh, uh, oh yeah, seven and nine. Turn with me to the book of uh, Colossians chapter three. And uh, <clears throat> it's amazing. In verse number one, it says, "If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above." where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. Do you see that? For ye are dead. So what is he meaning by this statement? Ye are dead. I believe he's talking about our carnal nature. I believe he's talking about our sinful nature. Ye are dead. In other words, Paul is assuming when he's writing this letter that the saints of God in Colossae are dead to sin. Dead to their own lust. Dead to the world. Ye are dead. And your life is hid with God, with Christ, in God. And your life is hid with Christ in God. So here's the thing. It's hid with Christ in God. So you go back and you go, wow, this is amazing. Guess what? God does have a, a place for us. And God is doing the work with us. Of course, we can't understand that right now. We can't comprehend the full extent of it. But at least we're, we're, we're learning and at least we're growing and at least we're getting a little bit knowledgeable, aren't we? Amen. But in the process, this is what's happening. In the process, we're changing. Amen. We're growing. We're developing. So he says, uh, here's his reference now. Look what it says. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Here comes that word again. Then shall ye also appear with him in glory. So that, that process of work. This is amazing. Amen. I was thinking about this. And that we were going down to Georgia, geez, way back in the 90s. And when you go down I-29, you get right before uh, 
Platte, Platte City, right, right north of Kansas City. And, and uh, so we figured we'd stop in there and we get something, we, we, we were gonna get something to drink. And uh, <clears throat> so I went into it, I went into it, it was a convenience store gas station. It's still there, when you go down there, it kind of, when you go into the approach, it kind of angles back and you can see it. And the sign's still there, chicken and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, I was in there and I went in there and I got something, to, you know, I was getting stuff and I was standing there in line and there were two lines and there was another line and, and there was a, a lady standing on the other line. I, never, I wasn't really paying attention, but <clears throat> I looked over and I looked over at her. She was looking at me and we both, you know, nodded our heads and I smiled at her. But here's the thing about her. She was dressed godly. And we both looked at each other and she looked at me. And then, then I said, praise the Lord. You know what she said? Praise the Lord. <laughs> she said, where are you from? So I said, I'm from South Dakota on my way to Georgia. She said, really? So she said, are you apostolic? I said, yes, I am. <laughs> I said, where are you from? She said, we're some, sometime in the southern part of Kansas. And she said, uh, we're just going, we're heading up here to Iowa to see some uh, family. I said, oh, okay. She said, and she told me the church. I said, oh, okay, well, I'm a pastor of this church. Well, praise the Lord, brother. Good to meet you. <laughs> but how did we know? Right. That's right. That's right. Yes. 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 Praise God. Yeah. You can, you can see, you can, you can, yes. you can discern, you can tell the kingdom of heaven. Yes, sir. Yes. You can tell the image of heaven. Yeah, that's right. And so, so that was that was something that was amazing. And, and so you think about it. You think about everything that we're doing right now. You think it's it's really nothing. It is something because God is doing a work in us, and we are growing. We are developing. But the thing is, we're only going to reach that point is if if we continue to seek those things that are above. Okay, mortify. That, that's that's something that see that's another word that people. Yeah. <laughs> it kills the flesh. Yeah. Huh? Your fleshly nature just kind of like draws up. Mortify. Mm, man. Therefore, you. Members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them, but now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, Filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man according to his deeds. And put on, and have put on the new man. Which is renewed in knowledge. Now look what he says. In knowledge after the image of him that created him. In knowledge, after the image of him that created 
him. Wow. So you think about it. Wow. The work wow. of the Holy Ghost in us. Spiritual growth and development. You think about that. Another another good one then. Another good one is uh, in, the, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, if you want to go there. Uh, I'll try to hurry up here. <clears throat> Verse number 20, 24. It says, uh, I, I like this. It says that in verse number 22 that he put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and after that and, and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness amen amen there's a reason why I live the way I live. Yes, sir. Yeah. There's a reason why I walk the way I walk. Yes, sir. There's a reason why I dress the way yes. I dress. Right. Amen. 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 It's not after any man. Come on now. It's not. Because there's obviously a distinction of the spiritual mm -hmm. and the, the carnal. Yep. Of heaven and an earth. There's a difference. And we're not walking in sin no more. We're not living in sin. At least we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be influenced by the world. You know, that amazes me now. You see, and I, I'm, a, I'm an old time. I'm old fashioned. But, you know, you, you see what's going on in the world. You see these people with all different colored hair. And all different kinds of, you know, clothing and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And I just go to and I say to myself, you know, I, I'm not the judge of anybody. I see that I say, wow. But that's the world. Yep, yeah. that is the world. And you think about it. You think about what God, the work of God that he's doing in mm. you. A lot of people that like to uh, refute holiness and refute uh, uh, separation from sin and the world and all that kind of stuff, they like to refute it. Uh, let me tell you something. There's, there's a big distinction in that, in that uh, because, like, like the Bible says, that they, do, they did not know him, so they're not going to know us. Yeah. See, that's the difference. Yeah. And so here we are, here we are, and we're doing what we can to obey and, and let the Lord, amen, do work in us. So as a result, guess what? He's going to change us. He's going to change us. Did you ever, ever realize why Paul said this in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5? He said, sanctify, holy, spirit, soul, and body. Now here's something amazing. And, and this is this is from the, the point of view of, of, of when it comes to really understanding God's will in your life. Pay attention. Because this is how it is. If we're not walking in God's will, you ever notice that the order? You look at the order in the scripture, Paul talks about it. This is the order of your being. You. This is, should be the order. 
spirit, soul, body. But what happens if we're not walking in the order that God wants us to walk us? In spirit, soul, and body. You know what's, what it is? Body, soul, spirit. And, and people get themselves confused that way because obviously they let their flesh Come determine what they're, how they're going to live, yeah. what they're going to do. No, that's not the order. He said sanctify holy spirit, soul, and body. Uh -huh. So when you're in that place, guess what's going to happen? You're going to conform. Yes. You're going to conform. Yes. And so, praise the Lord, there, there we have it. Uh, that you be, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Amen. I need to hurry here. So, so think about that. Go with me to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4. You're probably all familiar with this passage of Scripture. But look what he says. Verse number 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Right. For we which live are always delivered unto death. For Jesus is sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. So what he's talking about, when we die out to our old nature, when we die out to sin, guess what's going to happen? We're going to be able to live. We're going to be able to live. So he says this. He says this in verse... Uh, uh, let's just read on a little bit. Uh, um, so then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe... And therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish. My. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The Holy Ghost growing in the things of God coming to that place you think about it we we don't understand it we don't comprehend it it's it's kind of seems somebody mentioned the word estranged it's just strange because we don't really know it we're not familiar with it we don't operate in that realm of faith and of that realm of the spirit that's why when you talk about these spiritual things you talk about 
miracles and you talk about signs and you talk about wonders, people just seem to back up from it. You know why? Because they're not looking at it from the point of view of the spirit. They're looking at it from the point of view of their carnal mind. So because of that, because they're unfamiliar with it, they hate to touch things like that. You cannot grow in the things of God if that's where you abide in your mind and in your spirit. There's no way you're going to develop into the child of God that God wants you to develop. Are you listening to me? But in order to grow in that, guess what happens? The, amen, the, outer, the outward man has to perish. Get rid of the doubt and the unbelief. Get rid of the resistance. And let the Holy Ghost do work in you. You know, when I was younger, when I was a, a new convert, man, the flesh always tried to work against me. I would get up, uptight. I would get, you know, upset. And I found out something. I found out, and, and I found out this. Once I began to feel that, I would go down and I would pray. Yeah. If I was feeling doubtful, if I was feeling, you know, just like, man, this is, you know, I, I was getting frustrated. I would go down and pray. All of a sudden, here comes the Holy Ghost. Start praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up your most holy faith. Praying the Holy Guess what? I, I, I overcame all those thoughts. I overcame all, everything. There's emotions. And I began to realize that, man, this is what faith is all about. Yeah. Now I can overcome what I'm, yeah. amen, that I'm, what, I, what I'm battling right now. Yeah. Now I can have the victory. Why? Because I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. So you think about it. And why do I say that? Why, why is this something that's an issue to me? Because, you know what? I get tired of seeing people struggle. When they shouldn't be struggling. When if, if, if they could just grasp. Why are we so fearful? Why are we so unbelieving? I'm still naive for the Lord, by the way. I, I believe everything about the Word of God says. So when, when, when you know, I, I, I believe God can do anything He wants That's to right. do. That's how naive I am. Yes, sir. And, and because of that, having that you know, mentality, if I believe God can do the impossible, I know yes. He's going to do the impossible. Yes, yeah. We've seen the impossible done. But you know what? I'm going to keep my opening myself because I know through the Holy Ghost that it is in me that, amen, that can happen yes. because all things are possible oh, yeah. with God. Yeah. But see, we have to get in the same mindset yeah. of the Spirit. Yeah. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So, so you, you think about it, and, and you think about you think about this now. Uh, I need to hurry. Uh, Ephesians chapter four. Let's go back to the the book of Ephesians now. Now, now here's this. Here's this. In verse number uh, chapter four, and verse number thirteen. We'll start with verse number thirteen. It says, "Till we all come." in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Unto a perfect man. Unto a mature man. And he's talking about in the Lord. Unto a mature man. Unto a perfect man. Look what he says. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of of Christ. Yeah. Ooh, 
See, that's what that, that's what God wills us to have. God wills us to have that. To come to that place of maturity. So, amen. He's doing that work in us. Guess what? As we grow and we develop, we're, that's the stage we're going to come to. We're going to. And so when you come to that stage, you know, I, I'm confident in the Lord. I'm confident in the Lord. It's kind of something how he says that, that we henceforth be no more children. Oh, tossed to and fro by every, and carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So in other words, why is he saying that? So that we can come to that. So we can overcome and be mature. So we won't be carried away with every wind of doctrine. It's kind of funny what people believe. What people want to understand. So so, so here we are again. Here we, here we go again now. And, and uh, get ready to finish up here. But this is, this is the reason why I'm saying this. This is the reason why it's important for you and I to comprehend this because if we don't, amen, if we don't grow in the things of God, we will never have that liberty and we will never have that faith. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heaven. Man, think about that. What God is doing right now and working us and how we are and who we are right now, it's not a question if we just follow the Lord. We're going to find out. We let him do that work. When it comes to that time, we're going to find out, hey, we're just going to be just like him. What did Jesus say in John chapter 14, verse number 12? Does anybody know? Anybody know? John chapter 14, verse number 12. Anybody know what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse number 12? to that place of maturity, guess what's going to happen? The working. Because that's what Jesus did, didn't he? He went about doing good. The Bible says healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Guess what? We have the same spirit. So when we do when we grow and develop, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be great things. Let me tell you something. That's why we need to grow and develop. And the things of God are going to be increased in us. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll get we'll service at 2 o'clock this afternoon, prayer at 2. We'll see everybody again. Thank you very much. God bless you. Greet one another. We'll see you at 2.